morning, guys. If you're listening to this in the morning, if not, then happy time of day to you. Welcome. Welcome to Reality Roots Pod with me, your host, Hillary. Thanks for coming. <laughs> thanks for coming back. If you're back, thanks for joining us. If you're just getting here, I... <laughs> I budgeted my time really well last week to get this done uh, by, on well, on time, but by on time, because I am who I am, I mean early, but uh, then it took me a really long time to do notes, which means this is probably going to take me a long time to record, and probably going to take a while to edit, so hopefully you are listening to this on Tuesday as it comes out. Uh, if not, if it does end up being late, then I apologize. I just kept taking notes, guys. <laughs> I just kept being like, oh, no, I like I want this to be done. But also, like, there were so many little nuances that I just felt like I didn't want to miss anything. So here we are. <laughs> if it's like a two hour podcast, I apologize in advance. I'll try to I'll try to keep it tight. For you guys. Anyway, thank you for being here. I already said that. I'm excited. Always say that. Welcome. Let's dive right in. I dove right into an episode of Sally, Jesse, Raphael this week. I've, I've kind of, we've got kind of a rotation going now, so I don't know. I might have to change some things out depending on availability of certain shows, but for now, I think I'll probably kind of stick mostly with the rotation that we have going. It seems to be working out. So we're back to Sally, Jesse, Raphael. Honestly, I think I just picked like the first one that I clicked on because I didn't want to think about it too hard. Sometimes I feel like I overthink too much when I'm picking an episode. So this week we have on Sally, Jesse, Raphael. I feel like I can't say Sally without saying her whole name. That's probably why this is going to take two hours but uh anyway her episode is called I have the mother-in-law from hell in the most hilarious 90s font they've got that up on the screen I even tried I did actually try to look for the like the name of that font when you see it you're just like early computers (laughs) first computer you ever had you used that font but I couldn't find it and I didn't look that hard so it makes sense Sally, Jesse, Raphael is in her classic pantsuit. She's got a vest on. It's like a three-piece. Is that what we call it? A three-piece pantsuit? I don't know. Uh, And her classic glasses and her classic hair. Not the floofy, I want to touch it hair, but just kind of like a shorter hairdo. Sally sets us up with some previews, but I don't like to talk about those because uh, it's just kind of like an up next where we'll get there when we get there, Sally. So first up, I feel like that seems like a cold entry into this, but it's because I just skipped her little preview thing. So first up, we have Elizabeth and Michael. Elizabeth is another dead ringer for Catherine O'Hara. Maybe that was just the look at the time. I don't know. This is not the first Catherine O'Hara that we have seen, I think, on Sally Jesse Raphael specifically. So it must have been a popular look in the 90s. I can see why. She she looks pretty. Her husband, Michael, is going bald and he needs to give up. 
the tippy toppy like front piece because it's not connecting anymore to the back penis. <laughs> so I think he needs to have a conversation with his hairdresser about moving on. I took down the first Chiron because I had such a fun time in the like in my last uh, episode talking about Ricky's Chirons, which were like just completely out of left field. But these Chirons. They seem to be pretty accurate, so I didn't really go into them too much. Elizabeth says her mother-in-law criticizes everything she does. That's in the Chiron. It's true. Elizabeth, she does say that. Elizabeth, I don't know. She kind of gives us a bit of backstory. I do have, I do, but I do come out of this with a feel of kind of what happened, but I guess you have to start somewhere. So. She says that this started before the wedding, that a couple weeks before the wedding, they invited the mother-in-law down to Georgia from New Jersey. So Michael's family's from New Jersey, up north, if you will, <laughs> and uh, New Jersey's south of where I live, so <laughs> just to be clear, um, to Georgia. Elizabeth's family's from Georgia, I guess. Um, she says that within two hours of her mother getting mother-in-law getting there she's changed her seating arrangements she's decided where the bows are going to go on the pew she's changed where we're going to put the candles she wants to change the order of the ceremony and the audience is like reacting but I don't I couldn't really tell to what like (laughs) they're shouting and I I don't I don't really know why they're shouting I can't tell whose side they're on yet but they are outraged then Elizabeth and Michael do confirm that they actually paid for the wedding themselves because I think there's a bit of a feeling in the audience of like, oh, okay, well, a lot of times parents help pay for the wedding, right? So if, I don't know, whether whether it should be the case or not, I don't know, but if mom and dad are paying for the wedding, then they might get a little bit more of a say than if they didn't, but that is not the case here. Rest assured, <laughs> Elizabeth confirms they paid for the wedding themselves but we find out later it does sound like they asked for help so I don't know what help they wanted if it wasn't financial and it wasn't logistical I don't know what I don't know what their expectation was we'll get there seems like Michael's backing Elizabeth Elizabeth explains that they actually, like, it got so bad that they almost called off the wedding and broke up about it. And she also, I guess, adds in that the mother-in-law complains to Michael that Elizabeth isn't making her feel welcome. So Sally gets up on the stage and sits down next to them. And she's like, okay, let's get, let's go down a hit list. I don't know why she called it a hit list, but that's what she said. She says, did, okay, so Sally's like, okay, did she say that Michael shouldn't marry you because you're a white trash redneck? At the same time, also, I didn't mention this, but we are, like, whoever's not on stage, we were always watching them backstage, and them, we're watching them react constantly to what is being uh, said on stage about them. So we're also watching the mother-in-law backstage. She looks shocked at first, (laughs) this accusation, like, Sally's like, did she say she shouldn't marry you because... Or he shouldn't marry you because you're a white trash redneck. And her face is like, what? Well, I would never say that. And then within like four seconds, you can tell she kind of thinks it through in her head. And then she's like, mm, I did kind of say that, maybe. <laughs> and then she kind of mm, updates her, updates her the look on her face. I guess to be like, mm, 
maybe. <laughs> um, also, please note that this mother-in-law is wearing a vest made out of couch upholstery. I'm certain. There's no other place you'd buy that fabric. <laughs> Elizabeth is like, well, she kind of clarifies. She's like, well, before she had met me, she told Michael to make sure that I wasn't a white trash redneck from Georgia. So not exactly, not great, not a great thing to say about your son's fiance that you haven't met yet, but, um, you know, she didn't say you shouldn't marry that white trash redneck from Georgia. That was a little bit of a stretch. So now the mother-in-law doesn't live in New Jersey anymore. She lives about three miles away from them. It sounds like she moved there to be closer to her son, specifically. Elizabeth says she understands that. She has a six-year-old son, and she wouldn't want to be, like, so far away from him. But as part of this move, I guess, the mother-in-law stayed with them for the first two months. And in that time, Elizabeth complains that she rearranged all her cabinets. She rearranged everything. She couldn't find anything in her house, like in her own house anymore. That would really annoy me. And that this mother-in-law became the matriarch of the home. Now, next on the hit list question, does she drive? No, they have to drive her everywhere. And then Sally's like, and she opens the mail. <laughs> she's like, oh yeah, she'd call me at work and be like, oh, this bill came in. It's for such and such amount. Like, not, not since she moved out, I guess, but when she was still living with them, she would do this. Which is nosy. I think even, well, okay, I'm about to be Sally. Because Sally says about 400 times in this that this isn't like, crazy like it's not like crazy crazy like I think a lot of families you know maybe have troubles with boundaries and a big life transition kind of time like that Michael says well I'm never home so I hear it from both sides and I'm just in the middle he says my mom has always been a very babying child of me those were Michael's words Uh, Very controlling at making sure I'm always taken care of and everything's done for me. Puts me in a position where I have to argue with my wife, with my mother, and I'm working like a million hours a week. I like like the use of million hours a a week. I don't know. (laughs) I I have a collection of just low-grade awkward moments in my memory that I, for some reason, are core memories to me that I'll never forget. But when I was in grade eight, they were kind of starting a new part of the curriculum, I guess, for high school, which was the following year, where you have to do 40 hours of community service before you can graduate high school, which is great. I'm not against, I think that's a good program, to be honest, or a good addition to our like high school curriculum in the region that I live but one kid in my class, <laughs> when they explained this to us, and they were really being serious about it. I don't know why, but they were like, you cannot graduate unless you get this. And it was like, okay, well, we have four years, so I think we're good. But uh, this one kid in my class was like, oh, 40 hours community service. I could do that in like one day. <laughs> so everyone was like, no, you can't. <laughs> like, every single kid was like, you idiot, why would you say that? Like, he was just, I don't know, not thinking about what is, like I said, why, 
why is that in my head? <laughs> like, almost 30 years later. Anyway. Anyway, Michael is stuck in the middle between his wife and his mom. Sally's like, well, who's right? Elizabeth or your mom? Elizabeth cuts in on him, and I wish she would have just let him answer. I don't know why she felt... I would want to hear it. If somebody asked my husband a question like that, I'd want to hear it. Like, I definitely want to know what he had to say about that. But that's not, I guess, going to happen. So Elizabeth cuts him right off. She's like, well, listen, he's from up north. There's food that he likes that I don't know how to make. And my mother-in-law, she gives me the recipe, but she purposefully leaves out ingredients to sabotage me. The mother-in-law's backstage and she's laughing her eyes. Or she's laughing her eyes. She's laughing and rolling her eyes. I actually do kind of most likely side with the mother-in-law in this. I mean, she maybe she's being shitty and doing that on purpose, but I would think she'd just want her son to have a meal that he wanted. And in my own family, I know like, okay, my grandma, for example, has things that she bakes that my mom is like, oh, from my childhood, I love that. But then when my mom would try to make it, it wouldn't work out. And she'd be like, oh, like I think... I don't know. It just, it doesn't always translate. Like people who, who are like, oh, I make these cookies and I've always made them this way and I don't look at the recipe. I just do it out of my head. Those recipes often don't translate to new people because it's like, I don't know. It's just time and experience. Like you can't always put that in paper, like communicate that to somebody else, which the mother-in-law will basically tell us later. <laughs> but I, uh, I just don't think I just, I don't think my grandma was purposely doing that to my mom to like screw her over so she couldn't make whatever cookies. So I have a feeling Elizabeth is not doing this either. Or Elizabeth, whatever. Elizabeth, mother-in-law. And then Sally, hashtag feminist, comes in and she's like, well, you know what I would do is, hey, Michael, if there's something you want to eat from your childhood, how about you ask your mom for the recipe and you make it? And then if there's something left out, you can go back to her. Elizabeth is clapping for this. Women everywhere, I think, are clapping for this. It depends. I don't know. I don't mind making my husband food. Like, if it makes him happy, I want him to be happy. I don't know. Anyway, also, they point out, like, like Elizabeth is clapping, but she's like, yeah, but okay. Also, Michael works a lot of hours, as he said, a million hours a week. So it's not going to leave a lot of time for cooking or learning how to cook something new. Elizabeth goes on to explain that he's... This, to me, if we're going to talk about the core problem, I think this is it. <laughs> Elizabeth goes on to explain he's Michael's super busy. He has almost no time. So when he does have to go to his mom's house to like drop something off or something, and he's like, okay, I'm just going to go for 10 minutes because I have no time. Like, if he gets one day off a week or something, right? And then he's like, okay, like, gotta go. Bye-bye. Gotta go. And then she bitches that... She never gets to spend any time with him, only 10 minutes here and there. But, like, the problem is, is that no one is getting time with Michael because he works apparently a million hours a week, which would put him at a deficit of time <laughs> to spend with his family. So, anyway, Elizabeth goes really in on the mocking as well. I don't think that that is helping the situation. Elizabeth, <laughs> I get that you're pissed, but, like, she's like... Well, I raised you for 20 years, and now all I get is 10 minutes, and it's not fair. <laughs> it's like, that might be true. <laughs> it might feel good, and it might be funny. But in terms of, like, conflict resolution, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's where you want to be. 
Michael adds, I guess, that his mom has terrible mood swings. He says, you never know what you're going to get. She goes like zero to 106 seconds. So let's bring out the mother-in-law, Sue. The audience is booing Sue. So I guess that means they're on Elizabeth's side. (laughs) Okay. Sally says, we have two sides to every story. You've heard all this, but you also say that she's the daughter-in-law from hell. <laughs> Sue says, yes. Sally's like, all right, let's go. Let's hear it. <laughs> better, better. Sue says that before the wedding, she was only going to come down like two days before the wedding, like everybody else on her side of the family. Michael called her a few weeks before and said that Elizabeth wanted help. Uh, could she come early? She wasn't going to, but then she said okay. And she said at first it was fine. Then I almost called her Catherine. Uh, Elizabeth was like, okay, just do you, like it kind of sounds like I don't know what happened, but it sounds like her impression is that Elizabeth kind of at a certain point was like, okay, I asked for your help. So could you you can just make decisions. Like do what you do what you need to do. Make decisions. Like this is what I need your help with. So then she was like helping with little things, making suggestions, and then everything got blown up out of proportion. I just would really like to know. I wish if I could go back in time and I don't know, be Sally, I guess, swap bodies. I just would really like to know what she wanted. Like if they if they did did they ask her to come early to help? And if so, what did they want help with? <laughs> because I it's it's unclear to me what they wanted help with if it wasn't to do anything and everything was already paid for so sally says what about this recipe situation do you really leave out ingredients on purpose sue explains basically what i said before sue explains she cooks by memory she's just grabbing shit like it's hard to explain to someone else how to do it because she's like not thinking about how to do it when she's doing it she's just cooking She goes on, as far as the transportation, this was all part of the agreement when she moved down there. I don't know. I think this is Elizabeth complains like she's got, oh no, sorry. She says she's like, there's a bunch of doctors I have to see. It's always like they don't do weekends or evenings. So it's always something during the day. Elizabeth (laughs) comes back and says, well, can't we do all the appointments in one day instead of like, oh, this week we have to go here and this week we have to go here. And Elizabeth, I don't know if you've ever been to the doctor, but no, maybe, but like probably not. I don't even have that many doctor's appointments. And listen, I (laughs) listen, if I can match things up and do a couple of things in one day, I always do that if I can. Of course, I don't like going out. I'm sure Sue doesn't either, especially if she has a lot of health issues. But it's not always possible, right? Doctors, doctor, they have their own schedules and shit. And so, like, a lot of doctors are like, oh, I don't work Wednesdays or I don't work Thursdays or whatever bullshit. Like, no, it's fine. (laughs) Or, like, it's not fine if it's annoying, but no, that's not realistic, Elizabeth. Sue... It doesn't, I don't know, like maybe she's not as smart as me. I don't know, but she she fires back with like, uh, well, if I did them all in one day, I may as well just move into the hospital. It's like, I don't really feel like that's a good point, Sue. Like, I don't know what that is trying to communicate to me. 
Sally's like, okay, this is all pretty typical shit. Like, this isn't crazy, right? None of this is crazy. This is all normal family stuff. I think we can work through this. An audience member comments, like, what you're saying about your recipe, that's how I cook. And I would never forget an ingredient. Okay, congratulations to you. Like, you never make mistakes. (laughs) All right. And then she goes on, second of all, it's a federal offense to open someone else's mail. And Sue's like, don't even go there. <laughs> She's like, I don't, I don't know what she thinks about the mail. She denies opening the mail. Uh, this audience person goes on further to say, you raised your own son now. Let them be a family and butt out. Which is true, I guess. Like, I don't think her other points were valid, but maybe that one. Yeah, I, I guess. It's hard because they, like... <laughs> they asked her to come to help and then obviously like I don't think it doesn't sound nobody is accusing her of just showing up and being like I'm moving here now and you have to help me like it sounds like they had a a discussion about it it sounds like Sue was like well if I come down I can't drive so I'm going to need help with transportation and getting to doctor's appointments like it sounds like they discussed this so I don't know the but like (laughs) I don't, it's just, we just have to figure out where the line is, I think. Sue just, I don't know. She says she never opened their mail, but that's a lie. And then Sue flips this hormone thing around on Elizabeth. It says that Sue, no, it says that Elizabeth has NASCAR hormones that go to zero to 310 seconds. So now we're going to race our hormones, I guess, between Sue and Elizabeth. Michael cuts in to say that Sue's hormones are a scientific project and she needs 15 doctors to figure it out. Sue yells at him to be quiet. Now everyone's yelling back and forth. Uh, Sally again says, okay, we have decided this is a very typical family, unfortunately. Who is we, Sally? (laughs) You, maybe, or we, I don't know, you and production, you and the audience. Just you, I don't know. Elizabeth is like, well, I don't agree because as a mother, I deserve a little respect for the... Oh, sorry. I don't know why it makes a difference. I've had that in my head as if it was the mother-in-law. Elizabeth is a daughter-in-law. She says, I don't agree because as a mother, I deserve a little respect for the role I play. If I call my mother because I'm upset with Michael, she tells me I don't want to hear about it unless he's beating you or doing drugs. Is there a happy medium somewhere? I feel like you should be able to talk to your mom. Like, you don't bitch. But, like, you could say some things. I don't know (laughs) where the line is, but they just have a hard time finding it, I guess. And now Sue digs in to Elizabeth because she's like, so you talk to your mother every day? So why can't I talk to Michael every day? And I think Elizabeth says it. If she doesn't, she should, but... Like, there's a difference between seeing someone every day and talking to someone on the phone every day. Those are two very different things. Elizabeth is wearing white socks and black shoes. I just wanted you to know that. The whole outfit, I don't know if all the moms were told to, like, coordinate or if a lot of people were told to coordinate. There's a lot of people wearing just white and black. But Elizabeth stuck out to me because she has white socks or pantyhose on and black shoes and... It was really ugly. Her whole outfit is black, but she has this white vest on. I don't know. It looked maybe textured somehow. 
Sally's like, okay, let's get to a solution. <laughs> Sally's got bigger fish to fry. <laughs> we don't know it yet, but she does. So she's like, let's wrap it up, guys. Elizabeth, turn to Sue. Tell her what you want her to do. <laughs> I think we all need this in our life. Elizabeth says, I want to be a friend and a daughter-in-law to you. I want us to respect each other. And I want me and Michael to be given the opportunity to live our own lives. If we make a mistake, well... We're just going to have to figure out how to correct it. Sally's like, okay, great. Stop. Now, Sue, (laughs) tell Elizabeth two sentences what you want her to do. Sue says, well, I want you to be more sensitive to my needs. This is what we agreed to. And Elizabeth is like, what about my needs? (laughs) Elizabeth, can you shut the fuck up for two seconds? Like, even if you're right, it doesn't help to be cutting her off. When it's her turn to speak. That is not being sensitive to her needs. Her need to be listened to and heard. Sue calmly. I wouldn't have been calm. But uh, Sue calmly says. I would like to be sensitive to yours. And I would like you to allow me to spend more time with my son. Because I don't know if you're aware. But the minute he walks into my house. You're calling him. You're on the beeper. Well beeper. (laughs) Again. The problem is that Michael has no time. It's not, I don't get the impression that Elizabeth is like gatekeeping for Michael. It's just that Michael has no time. And also that's not Elizabeth's problem because Michael is Michael and he can spend his time how he chooses. And if that is with his wife and family, as it should be, then it's what it is. There's a lot of shouting and Michael shouts that the job he has is 70 hours a week. So I guess that is... I guess a million hours a week was a bit of an overestimation, a little bit of hyperbole. 70 hours a week is a lot of hours to be working. Sally screeches over everyone. Well, I'll be right back. <laughs> we got to a commercial, but as we go out on the commercial listening to the Sally music, uh, Sue and Elizabeth are screaming at each other, like the worst so far that we've seen. Just this shitty saxophone music <laughs> theme music playing over top all of the audio so we cannot hear a word when we come back we find out that during the break michael i don't know we get a little snippet of their why did we even have a break if we still have to watch this <laughs> michael's saying i feel like rodney king like can't we all get along and i meant to look up rodney king and i just forgot until this moment but i don't feel like rodney king was about (laughs) in-laws different sue says well you need to get out of the way and let me and your wife work it out between us and michael agrees even though i don't think that is correct at all because (laughs) it's sue and michael i think they need to talk this out sue says we need to talk it's not respectful elizabeth gets super high-pitched listen i get super high-pitched so i don't know careful if you're listening to this near a dog but Elizabeth is like, how can you, how can I talk? You don't let me get a word in that voice. I can't talk to you. It seems like, Elizabeth, you're the one talking over Sue a lot of the time. So check that. Sue's like, okay, talk. (laughs) And Elizabeth is like, she says nothing. (laughs) She just looks over it. All right. Sally's like, ahem. I think because we're back, like, this is, okay, so that was after the break. Now we're back. Sally starts this with, like, ahem! Someone in the audience cat calls, I guess. Now Sally blathers on more about how typical this first family is, but this next story, she says, 
not typical. So buckle up. Next up, we have a, I guess, a not atypical family <laughs> per Sally, which, yeah, hell yeah. Next up, we have Karen. Karen, let's report. We have two Karens in this episode, actually, and I, I really feel for all the Karens out there in 2023. It's very unfortunate how that name has become its own thing. Sally says, Karen, I never ask this because I don't want anyone to ask me this, which is <laughs> a funny thing to say. But you're the mother-in-law here in this case, and you are how old? Karen says 36, and I'm 36. And I was like, oh my god, kill me, because Karen looks way older than I feel, that's for sure. Karen looks like a vice principal. We find out that's not accurate, (laughs) but she has a real vice principal look to her. Her daughter is 16, and gorgeous like this is one of the prettiest girls I've ever seen she she looks a little bit like maybe a full house kid Mm. to me she looked if you told me like oh this was one of the main girls on Saved by the Bell I'd be like yeah okay like I didn't really watch Saved by the Bell but I believe it because she's definitely pretty enough to be on Saved by the Bell like on a major network tv show and she's just kind of, I don't know, she's got that look. I guess it was about the same time, so that makes sense. But, like, her face even... Because the actors on Saved by the Bell obviously weren't teenagers at the time. And this girl's 16, but she doesn't... I don't know. She looks like... Um, she looks like an older actor who's been cast as a 16-year-old, <laughs> if that makes sense. She has this amazing romper on. And the pattern on it is really ugly when you look at it up close, but... The romper looks cool as fuck. <laughs> like, it looks so good on her. She's got hoop earrings. She looks like she's 25. Mop. Beautiful. Linda Evangelista. All that. Her, Karen, not her, but Karen's son-in-law is, wait for it, 38. <laughs> did you all puke at the same time that I did? That's so gross. So this, the 16-year-old's, husband is two years older than her mom which is inappropriate (laughs) is also twice his wife's age gross super gross double barf the son-in-law Hosea has jerry curls and like a little pedo stash which makes sense because he's a pedophile obviously because his wife is 16 and he's 38 which is disgusting again i'm 36 and the thought of being with a 16 year old even on a date like i don't i can't my brain won't even go farther than that but even on a date it makes me want to kill myself like it sounds so gross why what would we talk about this is what montel's kind of said when we address this in a Montel, right? Like, what would we talk about, me and this 16-year-old on a date? Gross. It would, ugh, gross. <laughs> what do we have in common? Obviously nothing. I don't care about your 16-year-old problems because I'm an adult. Ugh. Well, the audience is super outraged. If you, if they were outraged before with Sue needing help to get to her goddamn doctor's appointments, now they're pissed. So Sally lectures us again about how the first story was typical and now this is not typical. Like, say typical more. (laughs) She says it a lot. 
Sally says, so not only, like, it's not only, like, only the age difference that you're mad about, right? Because you're also very upset with how he treats your daughter. And Karen's like, well, because of her age difference, I'm scared for her safety. Why? She says she's seen bruises on her daughter twice. Sally's like, oh, she can't have friends. She can't go to the doctor. He won't let her see you alone, right? Like, this is, I'm assuming this is all stuff that they pre-told the show. Karen says, well, for the bruises, she told me they were wrestling around. And Sally's like, why would you allow a 16-year-old to marry a 38-year-old man? (laughs) The audience, okay, the audience applauses, applauds here. So that's not important, but I thought it was important because that means Karen actually did get a few seconds. I know that when you're on this, God, I'm the worst person in this, like, to talk when I'm on the spot like that. Ugh, and people looking at me, God knows what would come out of my mouth. I have no idea. But Karen gets a few seconds here, at least while everybody's clapping and applauding, to like think about her words and think about the words that she wants to use. And the words that she chooses are as follows. I was at the end of my ropes. (laughs) Not, not, not it. Uh, She says she was into gangs, staying out for weeks, not coming home, and I was really worried about her. And then she hooked up with this guy and suddenly she's home every night. She's doing school. She totally turned it around. And Sally's like, yeah, I'm just not sure that the way to solve a problem with a teenager is to marry her off to someone else. (laughs) Karen's like, I tried everything else. I tried calling the judge. What what judge? Like, why? (laughs) Karen, what did he say? Like, why are you calling a judge? because your daughter's out of control it doesn't make any sense to me sally's like well let's bring him out so they come out heather is the daughter i don't know if i mentioned that but it weirdly fits because i don't know she's really pretty i feel like it's did the heathers come out in the 80s i don't know it just seems like it seemed appropriate for some reason that her name was heather the audience is freaking out because it's so gross Heathers says, okay, I'm actually on, if I'm on anybody's side in this whole episode, it's Heathers, because I don't feel like people are listening to her, and I feel like she has valid points, like, she's obviously, she's 16, and she's making a bad choice, yes, but she's 16, first of all, (laughs) second of all, she has some pretty valid reasons, I think, for how she got here. She tells us all, you don't understand, this woman didn't raise me. (laughs) As far as me being engaged and on my own, it's because she wasn't there for me. At this point, I noticed that Heather's face is exactly, she looks exactly like Janelle from Teen Mom 2. She definitely could have, she's just not pregnant, I guess, but every other part of this situation, (laughs) she could have been on Teen Mom if she was like, I don't know, 10 years older, whatever that works out to be. She, she, if she wasn't, it would be because like, oh, sorry, we already cast Janelle and Janelle already looks like Janelle and you look like Janelle. (laughs) And also it's like, I don't know. It's so amazing. I love that we found this episode for this podcast specifically, because this is like this whole Heather, Karen, Hosea thing. This is about five different storylines that we saw on Teen Mom slash are currently seeing on Teen Mom. It's all here, guys. It's all here. It's like four stories, five stories, all wrapped into one. 
Except for there's no baby, which is good. I'm not saying there should be a baby. <laughs> it's better for everyone that there's not. But it it just, it's very teen mom, all of this. She, it, it sounds like she has Kale's upbringing. She has Janelle's face. She has Kale's childhood, which is sad. Karen talks about how she had to go to the hospital at some point when Heather was like nine so she couldn't be there and that's why but it was for you know it's because she was in the hospital it's not her fault and Heather's like that's when I was nine that's not it that's not the reason and this is why I was like oh shit this is Amber and Leah like not Leah Messer but Amber's daughter Leah right this is exactly exactly to a T Amber's disconnect with Leah, right? Where Amber's like, I went to jail for you, right? She took a shorter sentence so she wouldn't do probation because she would never have gotten through probation. So in her mind, she's like, I went to jail for you, Leah. And whenever Leah has a problem with Amber, which is often because Amber sucks, Amber's like, well, you're just mad at me because I left when you were a kid to go to jail, but you don't understand. I did that for you. And like Leah's, Leah's getting older now and has come close to saying this, if not outright said it, like, that's not it. Like, that's not why I'm mad at you. That was like one year out of, I guess in Heather's case, 16. That is one year out of 16 years. That's not why I'm fucking pissed. Like, that's not it. We'll get to why she is pissed, but that's not the reason. It's not the reason. Heather says, she's like, listen, right now today I have a job. I'm working on getting my GED so I can become a nurse. The only time Karen calls me is when she wants money from me. <laughs> again, like I, okay, we're, we're Kale now. We're Kale again, right? Like she's doing what she has to do despite not really getting a great start from her mom in life. And now... Karen just calls when she wants money. There's another teen mom too's mom. What is it? Jade? I think Jade's mom is kind of like this too. Hosea, do you see already the the connection <laughs> where I'm going with this? What is the what is the common thread between Kale's mom and Amber and Jade's mom? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Hosea shouldn't talk because it's. <laughs> Hosea shouldn't talk. He says that Karen's problem is she can't get money off them anymore, so she's pissed. And I don't know. He says a bunch of other stuff I couldn't understand. Hosea, you're a pedophile. Shut up. Heather says that the bruises are because, like, she pushes him in arguments. Says, I have a really bad temper. Like, what you guys don't understand is I have a really bad temper. And this is giving me Kale. This is giving me Janelle. (laughs) Again, this is, like, it's all so... It's all so MTV. Hosea has the weirdest tie. I couldn't tell what was on it. It looked like it had CDs on it, but I was like, that can't be right. Even in the 90s, why would you put CDs on a tie? (laughs) Sounds ugly. And I was like, maybe they're donuts? I couldn't really tell what they are. There's some other shit on there too, but I couldn't tell what any of it was supposed to be. It was ugly. Hosea says that Karen says all kinds of stuff about him, including that he's a child molester. And the entire audience and every human everywhere is like, you are. That's that's valid. <laughs> I don't again, Karen's not a fucking saint in this, 
but she's saying you're a child molester because you're a child molester. So that actually we don't disagree with. Sally's like, oh, you say your mother has tried to sabotage your marriage. What has she done? Heather's like, she called my house and threatened to kill my husband. I guess they argue about how exactly that went down. It sounds like they were both threatening each other. And then an audience member was like, when I was your age, to Heather, she's like, when I was the child, she's like, when I was your age, if I told my mother to shut up, she would beat me like, whoo, okay. Is that a standard? Like, are you happy? Like, is that, that's what you want to happen right now on stage? You want Karen to beat the shit out of Heather? Is that going to help her feel less close to Hosea? This is, again, Montel couldn't have said it any better when we were talking with Montel about the same kind of situation. Is that like, yeah, try that. Let's try beating the shit out of Heather. What's going to happen? She's going to go right back to Hosea. And, and from that moment, every time that you're like, well, he beats you, you just shot yourself in the foot because now you beat her. So what's the difference to Heather between Hosea and you? If that's how you're going to be dumb, dumb. And now Sally throws it to commercial. Thank God, because these, ugh, Hosea sucks. I feel bad for Heather. When we get back from the commercial break, we see what happened during the break. Again, why are we even taking breaks? Karen tells us about a time she gave Heather $40 for insurance because they called up and they, like, really needed it. Heather's like, oh my God, $40 one time? That's the help that you say you're giving me. Like, that's nothing. <laughs> Karen's like, well, next time I get money, I'm not giving you any then. Karen, it doesn't sound like you have a really, um, I don't think Karen's doing financially well (laughs) based on the fact that she said next time I get money. Like it sounds like she's just going to be getting windfalls is her plan. Heather's like, I don't need your money. I have a job, (laughs) which is a good brain and true. And we're back, 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 back. (laughs) Next up. We're not going to go back to that for a little while. We will later. But this is just like in between every commercial break for Sally right now, we are getting, we get one story. So that's good. Next up, we have Tina and Keith. Tina looks like a Tina. She looks like she could maybe be on MILF Manor. (laughs) She looks very milfy. She's got a low cut, like, I don't know. I don't, couldn't tell if it was a blazer, but it's a V-neck and it's a low cut. And, like, the shoulder pads. She's got an updo up with one tendril on either side of her face. And her makeup is done like Princess Diana's makeup. Or she looks like Princess Diana, but I think it's just that look. Keith looks exactly like a Keith. <laughs> like, he might have low T. Ginger, he's balding. Like, he's about halfway to bald. And he's got a resting beaker face. I kind of just, I guess I stole that from, I mean, it's a reference people make for Sister Wives about Robin. You know, like Beaker from the Muppets, how his mouth is always like, it's always like downturned a little bit, resting Beaker face. He also has a mustache that's kind of thickish and it's shaped like a triangle and he has a short sleeve vertical, like a vertical stripes button up shirt. The mother-in-law, who we can see backstage, she kind of looks like Bubbles from Trailer Park Boys. 
she definitely has what I would call a toe head, <laughs> like a thumb head maybe, where like her, if you were drawing her silhouette, you would not be able to tell where her face started because it perfectly lines up, like the width of her face is the same as the width of her neck. <laughs> so looks like a thumb. Probably more like a thumb than a toe. I'm going to switch that to thumb head going forward in my own life. Feel free to do the same. She's got fluffy red hair and she's got huge 80s glasses. And later we see that she's wearing the biggest green tent of a dress. And it kind of makes her look like a clown between the fluffy red hair and the giant green dress. Tina has serious smoker's voice. The thing is, she looks kind of classy and then as soon as she starts talking you're like oh you're a milf who's a regular at a seedy bar somewhere I know this I can feel it even if she wasn't smoking probably that that would make sense to me too because I think you're allowed to smoke in bars at that time and it just sounds it just sounds like she's inhaling a lot of smoke (laughs) on a regular basis so Sally, I guess she kind of had probably set us up with this before, but who even listens to Sally? So anyway, apparently Tina and her mother-in-law have only ever met one time before today, and it was for 20 minutes. And Sally's like, so how have you only met for 20 minutes? And Tina's like, the first time I went to her house, and Sally's right away, she's like, the first time? I thought you only met her once. And she's like, oh, uh, yeah, the, the first and only time. I I met her, I went to her house, and she spent the whole time talking about his ex-wife, and I didn't like it. Tina says that her mother-in-law is saying false accusations about her, says she's called me everything but a human being, and Sally's like, but she only met you once for 20 minutes? Tina's like, oh yeah, if I were to sit out in the audience today, she wouldn't even be able to pick me out. And the audience really likes this idea. Everyone gets really excited about it. But um, Sally, I don't know, Sally's like, well, I, I would do that. Like, I would be down for that. But uh, she's backstage watching on screen. So <laughs> she's already seen you. So uh, we're, we're past that now. Sally's like, oh, she calls you names and she gossips about you. And Tina's like, yes. And Sally's like, Keith, what's going on? Keith says that he thinks his mother compares his new wife to his ex-wife, that his mom thinks that his ex-wife is the best thing that ever happened to him, but he says, but she's not my wife, this is my wife, and this is who I want to be with. The audience claps, mother-in-law is looking skeptical. Sally asks, Keith, is your wife correct? And Keith says, yes, yes, my mom gives her a hard time. Sally's like, why is she doing this? And Keith is like, I think, and Sally's like, let's bring her out and ask her. (laughs) She doesn't, she just cuts him off. And Keith already gives me the vibe of being a pretty passive, sad sack kind of guy. (laughs) Sally just steamrolls. Sally asks him, oh my gosh, that, I would really, really snap on that. Like, Sally just asked him a question and he got two words into his answer and then she cut him off. To say, like, to invite a new person on stage. She's like, let's bring her out and ask her. Here she comes. And Keith gives, like, just because I was really watching Keith's reaction to being cut off, he gives, like, a very slight shudder of, like, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) you see him react a little bit. Not 
in a big way, but just in a very um, nuanced sort of quiet way. Uh, this is where we kind of see more of this crazy green silk tent of a dress that his mom is wearing. It couldn't be worse. It's in the most horrible shade of green. I think I, I, when I see this shade of green, it does bring me to the 90s because I think as a small child, I had a couple Christmas dresses in this shade of green. So 90s Christmas green, <laughs> we'll call it. It's like a dark green. It's horrible. It's ugly. It's the ugliest shade of green. It's like if you took everything that was nice out of green, but it was still green for some reason. That's what it looks like. It looks bad. Uh, the material also does not look like it should be used for a baggy dress like this. It's just wrong. It's wrong. <laughs> I want to go back to the person who made this dress and try to figure out what they were thinking or who they were going to try to put it on. Kathy says, well, I don't know her at all other than what I hear from Keith. And he only knew her two weeks before he married her. And now Tina's looking a little nervous. I clocked her face. She was like, oh. <laughs> I don't know. She looks... A little bit less confident than she did when her mother-in-law, you know, when she was talking shit on Kathy. This, oh, it's Kathy and Karen. You know, this whole time I thought it was the same name, Kathy. Oh, look at that. Maybe there's a Karen coming later. I don't know. Kathy and Karen are very, okay, well, that's my bad. Sorry, I promised you guys a second Karen, and now I don't know if I can deliver on that, and I apologize. <laughs> Kathy, I don't know, Kathy got a call first so the first time she was notified that Keith was with Tina I guess from what I understand said she got a call from her granddaughter which is Keith's daughter she's terribly upset she was like dad's gonna get married and this is horrible I don't know anything like I don't know what's going on I don't know this woman her and the ex-wife like, Kathy and the ex-wife talked the daughter into, like, visiting them for a weekend and see how it goes. I don't know. She says that from day one, they've fought. Like, Tina and Keith have fought and argued. Keith has left and lived with his sister. Tina tries to cut in, and Kathy gives her this, like, excuse me, I am talking. But not even really. She, I said it kind of even bitch. Well, she was bitchy about it, but she wasn't, like, yelling. She was loud. and She was firm. She had one finger up and then she's like in a very mom-ish way. She's like, Sally asked me what was going on, not you. <laughs> Kathy says, okay, so her granddaughter was brought into this situation. She didn't know what was going on. Kathy says she's still friends with the ex-wife because the ex-wife is doing an excellent job raising her granddaughter. That's nice. I don't know if this woman is really fully in the wrong. Like, I'd, Keith might suck. <laughs> I think I think reading, would, if I'm going to pick another, like, core issue here, it's that Keith might kind of be a shitty person. <laughs> um, I don't know. But even if she's not wrong, her dress is wrong. So she can still be wrong. Uh, Kathy says that Keith borrows money on top of money on top of money. Obviously, they don't communicate well because then when I talk to Tina, she doesn't know anything about it. And Tina is, like, so pointed. She's like, but the ex-wife does. And Kathy's like, well, what I talk about with her is my business, not yours. And Tina's like, but it's literally my business that you're talking about. <laughs> it's like, well, that is a good point. Like, it, it is. It's true. Keith says nothing. <laughs> I can assume that. Keith doesn't say a lot. 
Sally says that Tina says she feels that Kathy is spreading rumors about her, about Tina. Kathy's like, but everything I know about her, I know from Keith. Like, I only, I don't know this girl other than what Keith tells me. So if I'm talking shit about her, it's because Keith is talking shit about her. Uh, she says that when they fight, Keith calls her crying. He had to sell his race car, his trailer, his pickup truck. Why does Keith have a race car? I wanted to know more about that. We Keith kind of looks like he might either pass out or have a panic attack. I can't really tell. But he says, that's not true. And then Kathy's like, he cries and cries. Oh, I'm losing everything that's important to me. And mom, I need, I need, I need. Notice it was about the race car and the trailer and the pickup truck, not about his ex-wife or his daughter. <laughs> I don't know if he's including that in the list of things that are important to him. Doesn't sound like it. Tina says, well, what? This is so stupid. Like, of all the things, this is really petty. Tina's like, well, what about the Christmas card you sent us this year that was just addressed to Mr. Keith Orban? So if we want to look up Keith, I guess I could have looked him up on the old Facebook now that I'm on Facebook again, but Keith Orban. Kathy's like, okay, but two weeks before Christmas, I thought you were getting a divorce. <laughs> so that's why. And she says she can prove it with witnesses. <laughs> witnesses of what? Like just your state of mind two weeks before Christmas. Tina's like, well, you better bring them up then. And then Kathy threatens to be rude in front of the audience, I guess. She's like, well, what did you say? I'm not going to say it because I'm not going to be rude. Keith is like, no, I know. I know what you're going to, like, what you're thinking. Uh, you said, how can you be getting a divorce if you're still sleeping with someone? And I said, that's my prerogative. <laughs> I was like, okay. I don't know what. Again, Keith might suck. <laughs> I get the impression Keith sucks hard. Tina... It's real hot, real quick, and kind of comes out of like there's a she have a new she has a new accusation now. I guess she's like you said I'm a plastic bitch, but the only thing plastic about me is my nails. Except for she fucks it up when she tries to say it. I feel like she really rehearsed that point, and we're getting close to the end, and she's like, oh no, I didn't say my thing. <laughs> So she tries to say it, but then she can't quite really, like, get it out. Like, she kind of biffs the delivery. Uh, so it takes twice as long as it took me to say. And then Tina's like, I've got villains, and you've hurt them terribly. You don't even know me to judge me. Everyone applauds. Again, I think the problem here is Keith, not Tina. Kathy says that she has five kids, and she doesn't have problems like this with any of them. And she lives 65 miles away from them. She goes to that town often to visit her daughters, but not them. Uh, and then she says, the only time I hear from Keith is when he calls me with his problems. Again, sounds like more of a mom-son family dynamics kind of issue. Tina's like, that's not my fault. At the same time that Keith is like, that's not true. I'm just, the way I kind of wrote my notes, it looks like... Tina says it's not her fault and Keith disagrees but no both at the same time they're like well at the same time Tina's like that's not my fault and Keith's like that's not true and Kathy to Keith at first I had to even go back and rewrite it because I thought she was talking to Tina but she's talking to Keith and she's like don't lie you're a habitual liar Keith is, says well I asked if I could 
park my race car at your house. Everyone starts yelling indistinguishable words all over the place. Sally screams at us over the cacophony that's happening on stage. And she's like, let me remind you, audience, these people have only met once for 20 minutes. <laughs> it's like, why? I, I can see why if this is how it went that time. Kathy's like, don't even sit here and lie. Sally's like, Kathy, let's take it down. What do you want to say with them? Kathy's like, they need counseling. They can't solve their problems. And it didn't make sense what she said, but I guess we can kind of interpolate to figure out what she means. She says, they can't solve their problems and dump them on everybody else and blame them for their problems. Tina thinks Kathy needs counseling to learn how to keep her nose out of everyone's business. I think they're both correct, <laughs> quite frankly. During the break, like we go to we go to commercial, but we watch what happens during the commercial. And it is Kathy saying, well, when you're in trouble again, don't call me. And Keith is like, I won't. <laughs> Kathy's like, don't even think of calling me. And Tina's like, well, don't call our house either. And Kathy's like, I don't intend to. I have better things to do with my money. And they kind of snark back and forth. And it just seemed like, at least as far as Kathy and Keith's back and forth, it kind of reminded me of like, I don't know, conversations I have with my six-year-old, <laughs> to be honest. In a bad moment, not like a conversation I'm proud of, but like, it just is more that like interaction, I guess, where, I don't know, I don't know. It's not functional, I guess, obviously. When we come back, Sally says, sometimes during the breaks, I wonder if it's even safe for me to come out. What about your guests, Sally? Is it safe for them to be on stage? Next up, we have our last... Our last little family. Uh, it's the mother-in-law we meet first. Her name is Alice. I love Alice's hair. It is um, like, well, Alice is black and her, she, like her hair looks untreated and I like it. It's maybe like two or three inches long, but it just, it just made me happy. Like I just liked it. I liked it a lot. It looked good. Like it suited her really well. Sally tells us that Alice's daughter couldn't be here today because it was just too much. But late, well, I said later, but almost immediately we find out that that's really not true at all. Uh, Sally says, well, okay, Alice, when you say that he's cheating, do you mean that he's cheating? I don't know if Sally's getting tired. <laughs> like, I don't know what the fuck? Is he cheating on Tamika? I guess Alice's daughter's name's Tamika. We're not going to meet her, so don't think about that or don't bother retaining it Alice is like yes he is I saw him cheating I saw him in a tavern with a woman I told my daughter and at first she believed me but he's so manipulative that she just let him go on they've been married for two years and together for six years also he won't work he swears and says quote provocative things around the children which I, I, I think she meant inappropriate. I hope she meant inappropriate. Provocative doesn't seem like the right word. Or at least if it was provocative, I don't know if we're on the right show or the right topic. Anyway, he wasn't there for Alice's daughter when she had an operation. 
And she says he's a liar. He's not a good father for the reason that he doesn't work. He swears and drinks and it's setting a bad example for the kids. And she says, if he can't shape up, then ship out. Here comes Anthony in a super douchey fedora that sits too high on his head and has a feather in it. <laughs> feather on my hat. Anthony says, well, I got one thing to say. You need to crawl back under the rock that you came from. <laughs> It's like, whoa, that's hyper-aggressive <laughs> to say to your mother-in-law under any situation. Alice is, like, super calm at this point, and she's like, well, you can come with me because that's where you belong, under a rock. <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't add, like, if I'm paper and you're glue, or I'm rubber and you're glue, <laughs> that would have been pretty much the same as what she said. Anthony says, I only came here to tell you to mind your business. So apparently you had two things to say, Anthony, because that's two. Uh, Alice is like, that's my daughter. That's my business. And they both stand up like they're going to fight each other. <laughs> I don't think Anthony's actually going to hit this tiny lady who looks like she just came from church. Uh, nope. Now they're just going to yell at each other's face. Alice is like, I birthed her, I raised her, she's mine. As long as I'm on this earth with blood running through my body, and as long as she's on this earth with blood running through her body, that's my business. Anthony questions about this, like, cheating business. Alice explains, Alice explains she was driving around and saw her daughter's car near a tavern late at night. Her daughter doesn't drink, so she investigated and saw Anthony at the bar with another girl. And Anthony is like, don't you know there's a law against stalking? And Alice is like, that's not stalking. I was driving by and I believe Alice. Like, or not even believe, but I side with Alice. Like, that's not stalking. Stalking would be like, she followed him around, right? Like, if you're just driving by and you see something, I think you're allowed to investigate that. It's not stalking. It might not be her business, like it might not be a good idea, but I don't think that qualifies as stalking. An audience member who, I don't know, I feel like I need to say this, but like he, the audience member who stands up is white and he's talking like he's black, like he's, he's, I don't know, the 90s was a weird time maybe, but he's like... To Heather, you gotta respect your mother because you only have one. She brought you into this world, she could take you out. Again, what the fuck? Like, I don't know what, I don't know why people think this is gonna connect with Heather. Like, it's not going to. And also, she is, she has valid points where she says, I would respect my mother if she was my mother. Like, she gave birth to me. That's about as far as it went. And now Alice starts screaming at Heather shouting like they're shouting back and forth Alice stands up and puts her finger in right in Heather's face and she's like your mother carried you for nine months and she, and she gets drowned out by all the chaos Hosea I guess like I have to put it this way but it's not as dramatic as people would have you believe Hosea like puts his hand on Alice like but it's more like he didn't like put his hands on her it's like he touched her, he's touching her arm and like holding his arm out because Alice is in their face screaming at them where he's like, whoa, like, <laughs> in like a, not, he didn't shove her or anything like Violet. He just like put his hand on her arm like, okay, don't, <laughs> just stay there. 
don't get close. Alice is like, don't you put your hands on me. And Hosea stands up now and is like, don't you put your hands on my wife. My wife. (laughs) Heather stands up to like hold him back. So we got a bunch of people now. And Anthony now comes over to defend Alice, who he just said to go crawl under a rock. (laughs) So crazy. Kathy... See, now I've, now I've confused my own self with the notes, so that sucks. I'm sorry. Not Kathy. I think Karen, right? Heather's mom, Karen, starts yelling at Heather, Did you hit this woman? And Heather's like, No, I didn't touch her. Like, Karen, you were right next to her. Were you not watching? Like, you just, we all saw this. Roll the tape. We all saw this. Heather didn't go anywhere close. Well, I mean, she was close to her because Alice was screaming at her, but she didn't hit Alice. No, that is not correct. Now Catherine O'Hara has to break up this fight for some reason? Like, where is Steve Wilkos? They should have called him over from Jerry Spare because they needed him. Instead, it falls on one of their other guests to talk Heather down and de-escalate the situation. Kathy's crying for some reason. Not Kathy. Karen is crying for some reason. Why? I don't know. Like, she's just like, she looks like overwhelmed. Sally yells at everyone to take it easy as if she helped, like, calm that down. She didn't say jack shit. Like, now that Catherine O'Hare has done all the real work and stopped the physical altercation from happening, uh, Sally now tells us to take it easy. Karen looks so upset. She's got her hand over her mouth. (laughs) Kind of like the Kim Kardashian crying. Like, uh, I don't know. Sally's like, all right, all right. Everyone's talking. And then she gets into this, like... Gilbert Godfrey kind of voice. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to do, but she's like, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> okay. And as this is all happening, I spotted a list that has been taped to the wall of the set and has all the guests' names in Sharpie. <laughs> I feel like we weren't supposed to see that. And I wonder who it's for. <laughs> if it's for Sally. If all these names blend together for Sally like they do for me, <laughs> that would make sense. And then we, we go to commercial. Don't worry, when we come back, we'll find out everything that happened during the commercial. So, great. When we get back from commercial again, obviously, we see what happened during the break. Heather is talking to Kat. Karen. Really sorry, I messed that up in my notes, guys. This makes it confusing. Heather's talking to her mom whose name starts with a K. She says, you ain't nothing but a pill head and a coke head and a dope head. And Karen's like, blah, blah, blah. Heather, <laughs> so just, I don't know. I didn't, they go back and forth a lot and I can get a sense of, you know, what happened, but word for word, no, it's not, not with these two. Heather says, no, I was in foster care because he was in the hospital trying to get off drugs. So now we have it. Now, Karen, like, yeah, it's not. So Karen's like, you're just mad because when you were nine, I went to the hospital and so I couldn't be there. And but like, Karen, if you went to the hospital when she was nine to get off drugs, then I'm guessing the, I don't know, nine years previous to that, you were also unavailable because you were on drugs. 
right? Like, I don't think it was the hospital part that bothers Heather. I think it was probably the eight to nine years previous of that, of you being on drugs. That is her main issue. And they keep yelling. I don't know. I guess Heather was raised by her grandparents because Kathy was on heroin. Heroin. I don't know why. <laughs> Just tried to do a thing. The, again, this must be every teen mom storyline rolled into one. Heather's like, she ain't nothing but a damn heroin addict. Still is. Kathy walks off stage. Sorry, Kathy. Karen walks off stage. Upset. Very understandable. I feel like she... I feel like she probably, she knew that this was going to come up, right? It's hard because, like, her daughter is with a pedophile. Like, she is correct. (laughs) It's just she's not standing in a great position of power because of all her other choices. So it's hard to kind of fight this battle. Now Sally's talking with Sue, who, if you'll recall, is the first family. And Sue's like, I think we're the Brady Bunch. And Sally's like, that's what I've been telling you. It's like, oh my god, Sally, we fucking heard you the first time. Like, we get it. Sue's fine. Sue and Catherine O'Hara and Michael, they're all fine. Like, it's not, it's not this, right? And then Sue says, I just really have to say this. And then she starts crying and never gets the opportunity to tell us what it was that was so important that she say and things are kind of I don't know not de-escalating devolving here on stage rather quickly so Sally's like Isabel come out Isabel who is Isabel I don't know I guess some kind of expert we don't even get a Chiron to tell us what kind of expert Isabel is supposed to be. I have no idea who this woman is. She's just a woman with a scarf with a brooch on it. (laughs) Here to tell us things, I guess. Here to give us her opinion. Isabel starts by saying, I'm kind of appalled at what I've been seeing here today. I would like to say something to Michael and Keith. Act like men. Be men. The mistake is, I've been watching your wives and your moms fight one another. It's not their battle. It's yours. As you grow up, you have to. It is. It is your job as an adult to learn to separate yourself from your past, which is your mother, and focus your energy on your future, which is your spouse, which should be your primary relationship doesn't mean you have to like cut off your mom entirely in the same way like you don't you're not cutting out your whole past but you have to find some kind of compromise which was good advice I wish I knew why she was qualified to say it we go to another commercial before we do they're like up next will Heather talk to her mom (laughs) we see a shot of Kathy backstage chain smoking and her and Heather just like looking at each other it was obviously cut in but it was like will she talk to her well they couldn't obviously show a shot of them talking to each other because that would give it away so we just look at them staring at the furniture when we come back Kathy's backstage smoking um but we go to Isabel who's on stage still We have a lot of back and forth so I'm going to be cutting back and forth a lot but know that Isabel remains on stage and Oh God, I probably called her Kathy again. Karen is backstage smoking. Heather's mom is backstage smoking. 
Isabel says, moms, what you're doing is emotionally battering your kids when you bash their choice of wife. <laughs> Here I specified green Kathy, but it's the only Kathy in that horrible dress with the stupid hair. So <laughs> she's like, I kind of get what she's saying. She's like, okay, but he keeps dragging me into it. Like he keeps dragging me into their relationship when he calls me to tell me how terrible it is. Sally interrupts to tell Heather that her mom would like to talk to her backstage. And the audience yells and stuff. And then Heather to the audience is like, no, because no one's listening to what I have to say. Like no one cares. So why should I have to care about her? Which I, I understand. Like, again, I don't feel like anybody, I don't think one person since we've been talking to Heather has validated even a little bit that Heather's mom was a shitty mom. Like that, I think, would really help the conversation progress because Heather's not going to come with us on any journey as long as people are just like, well, you should listen to her because it's your mom and it's your mom. She doesn't feel that way. So like that's I, it's valid. I think it's valid and nobody's validating her. So I don't I don't know. Isabel thinks that Heather should talk to her mom she does a little bit okay I just went on a rant but she does kind of like validate her a little bit which is probably why she listens to her (laughs) she's like I know your mom wasn't there for you but life is complicated and sometimes we can't do what we want to do for our kids because of a lack of support or money or whatever So Heather agrees to go backstage and some PA insists that Sally goes with her. So now we're in like, again, two situations because Isabel is on stage holding court with the people who have remained on stage and Sally is very briefly backstage with Heather and her mom and then she like backs out. (laughs) I don't know why the PA... The PA insisted she go with her, but all we really see is her, like, kind of give Heather a soft pat on the back as Heather (laughs) approaches Karen, and then she just, like, backs out of the scene, so I don't know why she had to be there, or what that PA thought she was going to contribute. Isabel starts like, what? And then Keith's like, but what gives her the right to say whatever she wants about my wife? And Isabel's like, I agree. And Kathy's like, have I, yeah, Kathy is like, have I said it? And there's, I don't know why I even put that in. There's some back and forth. And Kathy's like, well, that's their words, they say, because they're back together now. And Keith says, what did you say the other night? Kathy's like, I don't have a son anymore. (laughs) I will not do for you anymore. I will not get you out of jail. I will not loan you money. Nice. Kathy seems nice. Cut to backstage. Karen says, Heather, why can't we have a relationship? Very Amber again, like, Karen, look at yourself. Look at your choices. (laughs) Think about it. Like, you can figure this out, honey. You don't need Heather to tell you that you've been a bad mom. Heather says, well, because every time you call, it's not to say I love you or how you've been. It's always to ask for money. Karen says, but... Heather, every time we talk on the phone, I tell you I love you. And Heather's like, yeah, at the end. But first it's, can I borrow $25? Can I borrow this? And some PA, like, comes to Heather, comes to Heather, and is like, she's in pain. And Heather's like, no, I'm in pain. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? The child, I'm in pain. I agree with Heather. We cut back out to Isabel. 
Here's what you need to do. Act responsibly. Be a grown-up. Don't ask your mother to rescue you from problems and then get angry when she has an opinion you don't agree with. I think that's fair. But (laughs) she says to Kathy, to criticize your daughter-in-law is a mistake because it hurts your child. We cut backstage again. Karen says, you're always too busy. And Heather's like, so what? I'm married now, mom. It's lame because she's 16, so it's like, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, I have things to do to take care of myself because you're not there no more. You never have been, really. I have to do this on my own, and you're not making it easy for me, which is truth, truth. Then she says, you already got these people convinced you're the perfect mother, and I'm the problem. Karen says she never said she was the perfect mother and then, but then she's like I don't think there is a perfect mother it's like okay Karen yeah like yeah okay but like that's what good mothers say like you know what I mean if you're like oh I think I'm a good mother but I'm not perfect like I would say that about myself I think I'm a good mom but I'm not perfect and I don't think there is a perfect mom but I'm not doing heroin also so like I feel qualified to say that. Like, I don't know if you're doing heroin for eight or nine years or whatever. Like, I don't know. It's just a bad look to be like, I don't think there is such a thing as a perfect mother. It's like, that's true, but you could have done better, right? Like, all right, back on stage. Anthony says, this was an almost nice moment. Anthony, with the guy with the fedora with the feather in it. feathers in my fedora Anthony says I want you to know even though we have our problems you may feel I'm controlling I feel the same thing about you too and I would appreciate it truly if you would just mind your own business (laughs) people kind of start talking y'all it's like I'm gonna let you finish I'm gonna let you finish (laughs) which was very pre-Kanye Anthony says I don't want to have no feud with you because I'm married to your daughter and I have to deal with you (laughs) like Anthony that is the worst apology. Like, he did a good thing to, like, I see what he was going for. I feel like he was trying to just be like, okay, we don't like each other. We have to get along. Let's figure this out. But the words he said were bad. <laughs> the words he said were not the way to do what you're trying to do. And then Anthony offers to pay for, like, therapy for Alice. And Alice is like, I need help. <laughs> Anthony's like, yeah. Because you're all up in everyone's business. You almost got me into a fight with that man over there because I have to defend you. And Isabel, I, I think, is just like, Alice, 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 <laughs> didn't get her attention. I don't know, like I said, it wasn't... I, I also see what he's meaning because Alice, like in a in a stage full of four, you know, accused meddling mother-in-laws... You were the only one to stand up and get yourself involved in another person's family and storyline. So yeah, like maybe Alice, you you are being a bit too much. We go backstage again. It's like, I feel like they were trying to make it interesting. <laughs> Heather got off of drugs. We're talking now Heather and Karen again. Heather got off of drugs and now her mom wants to, like, okay. I think Heather's saying, I got myself off of drugs and now like the person that helped me do that my mom is saying that he's beating me and like it's not true. Kathy's like no I was proud about you getting off of drugs. <laughs> I never said he beat you or sh- I said he shoved you. Heather's <laughs> like well I pushed him first and I was like that's still bad. 
An audience member to Alice stands up. We're on stage again. An audience member stands up to say to Alice, like, stand by your daughter. Anthony tries to come back at her, but the audience member's like, you don't want to work? Get stepping. <laughs> Anthony, maybe you should. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe he's a stay-at-home dad. I don't know. Probably get a job, though. At least that would help your case with your mother-in-law. Sally's like, okay. Okay. How can we help these people? What can we leave them with? Isabella thinks Anthony took a great first step, which I, again, I do agree with. He took a great first step in the worst fucking way. But he did do it. And Anthony's like, I'm trying to like her. Alice is like, you don't have to like me. I don't know. Isabel tries to figure it out with Anthony and Alice. It doesn't really go anywhere. Isabel, I don't know, kind of ends her little piece with good advice, I guess she says. You know, you have to let them make mistakes, your children. You have to let them make mistakes. Be there for them if they fall. Alice says her daughter doesn't need to be made a fool of by some loser, which I think think that does fall into the category of mistakes, Alice. (laughs) I don't know. There's too much fighting. Alice is just feisty as hell. So we have another commercial. And when we come back, Sally wraps it up in the most meta, not meta way. (laughs) Oh boy, I couldn't believe I was like, Sally, you're saying the quiet part out loud. (laughs) So Sally says, there are times where you sit through a show like this. And the first thing I think about is, you know what? No matter how bad my problems are other people seem to have it worse (laughs) I was like so that's basically my thesis statement for this whole podcast (laughs) I'm glad Sally said it and then she says the other thing I think about is it's wonderful how many families really do get along considering the circumstances and then she says to Isabel well I got something out of it (laughs) I was like yeah Sally the money we know you got a whole show out of it like I say it don't the first part I was like more for my own self I was like you're saying the quiet part out loud but then I was like with that I was like Sally you're just telling on yourself now (laughs) yeah I know Sally got something out of it great and she says I'd like to thank you for being here with us today see you next time and I'd like to reiterate that by thanking you all for being here with me today in 2023 or whenever you're listening to it. Thanks for listening to all that. I think I might have gotten through that a little bit faster than I thought I would, which is good. I also might be speaking really fast. If that's true, I apologize. Feel free to put me on half speed and see if that helps. I am on Facebook now. If you'd like to reach out to me, it's just a profile, not a group. It's under Reality Roots Pod. You can also reach out to me by email at realityrootspod at gmail.com. Please send me your feedback. I love to hear it. If you could do me like a really quick solid and you could rate or and or review and or subscribe, that would really help me out. And thank you so, so much if you've already done that. I will see you next week. Okay, bye.